The Amazing People Podcast, episode 32. Welcome to The Amazing People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business, with your host, Chip Dizard. Welcome to this edition of The Amazing People Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Chip Dizard. I am so glad you are here today listening and today, I am going to talk with uh, my friend, Pastor Ron Hudson. He's a technology uh, guru, I say. He uh, showed me a lot of things with some apps, and he's always into different apps and different things. But we're going to talk about mobility um, and technology and faith, and uh, especially in a mobile society. So, But first, this podcast is sponsored by Digital Ministry Academy, podcasting for pastors. If you know a pastor or if you are a pastor, you're listening to this podcast. I have a seven step proven way for you to create a podcast, not only create one, get reviews and make it sustainable. So you want to do yourself a favor, go over to Digital Ministry Academy dot com and go ahead and sign up uh, you can look at the free lessons i have a free webinar that i've done over there and even if you don't get anything take uh the free resources and use those so podcasting for pastors right at digital ministry academy.com before we get into ron's segment i want to talk to you about a segment that we're going to do on this podcast from muta moenya muta moenya.com if you don't know how to spell moenya let me just tell you uh <laughs> i should get it right right it's m-u-t-a-m-w-e-n-y-a.com it's called the unrelenting optimist and muta is a good friend of mine known him for a, lo- a long time and he has some very keen insight so without further ado let's transition over to muta Hey guys, this is Mutamwenya from Mutamwenya.com, a blog that is dedicated to unrelenting optimists who know there is a big God who can use little us to accomplish big things for his glory. On this segment of the Unrelenting Optimist, I want to deal with the topic of slander. This is a situation where someone publicly or privately defames you. In this segment, I want to share four steps an unrelenting optimist will take in response to slander. Let me begin by asking you this. Have you ever had a situation where someone tried to discredit you? I'd have to admit, uh, there's nothing more frustrating than being discredited by someone you know, or worse yet, someone you don't know. I've had a few times in my life where this has happened. I've learned a little bit about what to do and what not to do. Recently, I was discredited by a guy I didn't even know. I was working on a client's website that he had access to. While working on this website, I placed his site in maintenance mode. That way, when visitors visited the site, they would know it was temporarily down. Now, I hadn't even finished the work I was doing on this site before he discovered it. This guy locked me out of the site and proceeded to verbally bash me to our mutual client in an email. Listen to what he wrote. Frankly, I'm surprised and somewhat shocked at the state he left your site in. He left it in maintenance mode. He took down the existing theme, added extremely spammy-like comments and posts which were live to view. Personally, I would never put a client's site at risk like that. The plugins which were added have debatable value. Now, l- let me be honest. I was livid. 
First of all, the client had contracted me to overhaul their firm's website. Second, no one had access to the site because if they navigated to it, it wouldn't show that it was currently in maintenance mode. Honestly, I think this guy was actually really just upset that our mutual client hadn't informed him that the site he had built for them a few years back was no longer sufficient for their needs. Uh, whatever the case may be, I wanted to give this guy a call and give him a piece of my mouth, honestly. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Has this ever happened to you? On your job? On your college campus? In, in your church? Like I said, I've learned a thing or two from dealing with characters like these. Here are some practical steps that I want to share with you to dealing with someone who is publicly discrediting you. Number one, wait. No, really, wait. Our first reaction is usually to jump out and defend ourselves or lash out in response. Reacting out of anger is never advised. Give yourself time to cool off. Number two, check yourself. There was a song when I grew up that said, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Now, d please don't go look it up, okay? Um, the, the point is, before you react, make sure that you are truly innocent in the situation. You don't want to get caught with a silver cup in your sack. That's a Bible reference taken from Genesis chapter 44. You should go read it. Check it out. It's a great story. Number three, confront the offender. Another saying we had growing up is, don't cop please. Before you publicly try and clear your name, because that's all we want to do. We want our name to be clear. Confront the individual first. Sometimes they're open and other times they're not. If they are open, seek to resolve the situation with them before you go public. Then go public. Number four, the thing that we don't like the most is apologize first. If there was a hint of truth to their accusation, even if just a little bit, be honest and take responsibility. There is nothing more amazing, more honorable than being able to admit, hey guys, I messed up. Others will respect you for it. You'll be so much better for it. If the person was flat out wrong, don't discredit them as much as you want to as well. Just say they were wrong and move on. <laughs> Listen, go-getters will have haters. Whenever you're breaking into new amazing territory, people will have something to say. When they try to publicly discredit or defame you, use these four strategies to help you overcome the bad press. Remember, number one, Wait. Number two, check yourself. Number three, confront the offender. And number four, apologize first. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter. I am Mutamwenya, or catch my latest posts on Mutamwenya.com. That's M-U-T-A-M-W-E-N-Y-A.com. Catch you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for that word, Muta. Now we're going to go right into our interview with Pastor Ron Hudson. Hello. Welcome, Ron, Pastor Ron Hudson, to the podcast. Thanks for being here, Ron. Hey, thanks, Chip, for having me. 
Hey, I know that we connected a lot on Twitter and social media, and uh, I, I know that you are an associate pastor at, at Calvary Baptist up in Uniontown, uh, PA. But tell me uh, how you use social media and, and then why you're such a proponent of social media for not only your church, but just for ministry and just in general. Well, um, you know, you, you posted that podcast, um, I think it was last week, about cell phones. And, um, you know, I thought about when cell phones first started coming in. I'm just a huge nerd, for one, so I've, I've always been passionate about technology. But um, I had, you know, pushback from people when I started using my Bible on my phone, you know, five, even ten years ago. And um, the, the reality is they're just not going anywhere. Cell phones aren't going anywhere. And um, if, if we as churches... Um, don't embrace the technology and, and what it has to offer, then um, we're just going to be absent from the conversation. And um, I, was, I was thinking about it the other day. I have, you know, 120, 150, maybe 200 people show up on a Sunday weekend to hear me speak and lead worship and, and really get to communicate the message of God. Um, but I've got, you know, 1,200 social media contacts uh, through Facebook and Twitter and different, different avenues. And um, I can access them anytime, every day. And so as a pastor, I have to start thinking about um, if my goal is to share the message of Christ, then I, I should really utilize that. I'd be, I'd be to also put my time and energy in those places, too. Yeah, I mean, so uh, there are a lot of people that say that, well, I, I don't know if you remember that maybe when the iPad 1 first came out that some pastors were like, well, should I use it? Or should I not use it? I mean, how how did you embrace it when it first came out? When, what year was that, 2010, 11? When did iPad uh, first come something out? Something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. I've okay. slept since then. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you know, when it first came out, I, I – I was probably one of the guys that just wanted to use it because it looked cool. Um, but then it didn't really help me speak. And so until there were apps and a reason really that helped me be a better communicator, then I wasn't really a, an advocate for using the iPad. But um, apps like Podium Q, which, a disclaimer, I helped develop. Um, Keynote, which um, I use a lot now um, to be able to project slides through you know, AirPlay and stuff like that. Um, it, it really helps me communicate better. And so that's one of the reasons I use it because I can, I can prepare my messages anywhere and then I just take the same exact thing with me. It's helped me become a better communicator. And yeah. so it's a tool for communicating, not just a fancy gadget to have on stage. Yeah, and I researched it. It said uh, April 3rd, 2010. It seems like it's forever. You know, we had iPad for so long. <laughs> I know. remember it was only four years, Ron, four years. That's crazy. <laughs> it's made such a drastic change, though. Yeah, it, it, re it really has. So let's talk about just how you use uh, social media and, and for your congregation at your church or just to reach other people. I think that's a question I get often from people. They say, well, do I just tweet on Sundays? Do I just do that? Mm -hmm. How, you know, how do you use social media? Yeah, um. I really think that social media strategy starts with the pastor. Um, it has to. So for me, what that looks like is in my sermon prep, you know, when I'm alone, um, every point that I'm going to speak is tweetable. I, I craft it in that way on purpose to make it something that can be shared on social media, something that's very concise. Um, for one, that's just a good practice as a communicator. If you can't communicate 
uh, full of thought and idea in just a, a few word phrase um, that rhymes and that's memorable and that's sticky, then you're really not doing a great job as a communicator. So I, I try to do the work to make all of my points and my messages tweetable. Um, every point of every talk is tweetable. Every sermon is usually a blog post. Um, and even now to this, we've started making pre-made graphics. And um, sometimes we'll, we'll put the, the points of the sermon on a graphic, like an Instagram or something like that. And we kind of provide this stuff, um, maybe even a hashtag for the series that we're in. And by providing this and encouraging our people to share it, then it helps the sermon not just stay in the, in the auditorium. The worst thing that can happen is that my sermon that I've worked hours on throughout the week just kind of stays in the room after I'm done speaking it. Like, that's not what I want. I want it to leave the doors. I want it to change the world. I want it to change people. And so we have to provide tools for them to be able to do that. And um, so those are some of the things that we do. Wow, that 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 is a good point about every point being tweetable. So has this, I mean, I guess I hear this from, you know, I know you have a, a, a lead pastor, a senior pastor there uh, from maybe guys who have been and ladies who've been in ministry, you know, for 20, 30 years, and they're not accustomed to doing that. How do you, you know, even even ask or encourage your senior pastor to, to, to craft sermons that way? Or does he do that already? Well, it's, that's actually really easy. And um, when I share this, then people get, they kind of like are, are taken aback. But we actually write all our sermon series together. So we um, collaborate. You know, we've got a big whiteboard. We sit in the office and we just, we start jotting down the ideas. Um, you know, we make it very narrative style, uh, bringing in the scripture trying to figure out exactly where we want to take people with each message. And one of the things is that, um, uh, you know, Ted has come along and there are amazing gifted communicators that you can watch online. You can go watch Andy Stanley or Perry Noble or TD Jakes or any of these guys that are, you know, phenomenal communicators. And, um, you know, you got to be able to compete. Like you got to be able to, to communicate well and be extremely clear and so we sit down, and what used to, for me, 10 years ago, be a four-point message is now a four-week series so that I can be super clear and, and focused on one point. And so we do. We sit down, we whiteboard it out, we storyboard out the ideas. And so when he's talking, I'll say, well, why don't we say it like this? And he'll say, oh, that's a good, good idea. Or, no, that doesn't get it. And so we play off of each other. And when um, you know, we, we alternate almost every other week, um, speaking. And so when it's my week to speak, you know, he interjects stuff in or says, I don't like that, Ron, or let's, let's say it a different way. And um, we really push each other in that area. Um, and I know that's, that's kind of rare. Uh, a lot of pastors don't have that, but we have a very open dialogue and open discussion because we want, the, the goal is that we communicate the message of Christ in a very clear way. And so there's really no room for ego in that. Wow, that 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 is that is great the collaboration and especially uh, since you've been there at 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 uh, the CBC Family Calvary. So let me ask you about youth. Uh, there's a lot of talk about youth, social media, uh, and in the church and reaching youth. They're not coming back. And tell me about how any ideas, anything that you. I know you work with youth, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so tell me about how you infuse not only social media, but any other things you do to get the youth involved. Yeah, um, I stole this from another youth pastor in the area. Actually, we, we have an Instagram hashtag. 
Um, so one of the things we do is throughout the week, our hashtag is your CBC family. And so um, I encourage the students to take pictures of anything and everything going on that's fun that they're doing with their friends. And then, you know, when we come to youth group on Wednesday night, then I'll pull up the hashtag on my phone and just kind of airplay mirror it to um, the screen in our youth room. And I'll, I'll show, I'll go through and say, oh, look, look at this. This was funny. Or here's a silly video that, that someone posted. Um, just really kind of drawing them in. And then I, I, I encourage them. Um, I have a cell phone policy for youth group and it goes like this. It says, I love cell phones. I think cell phones are great. Take pictures, post on social media, let everybody know you're coming to youth group. And then I say, but when we have lesson time, I'm going to ask you to put your phone away. Um, because during the lesson, um, teenagers especially, they're going to have a tendency to get on Facebook and stuff. Um, I say that because I would. Exactly. So, And I put all the scripture on the screen so they don't really need to look it up on their phone necessarily. Um, but that's, that's one of the things I do. And speaking of scripture, anytime I mention scripture um, – I, on, on my scripture slides that I make in Kino, I put the Version Bible app um, logo to kind of just get them in the mindset of using the Bible on their phone. And anytime we talk about reading scripture, I say, um, there's no excuse. And I'll hold up my phone and I'll say, you've got a Bible on your phone. You've got, you know, a hundred different versions there's, and reading plans. There's no excuse for you not to connect with the Bible you know, if you can play Angry Birds, you can read the Word of Word of God um, while you're waiting in line at Walmart or, or anywhere else. Um, so that's one of the other ways that we kind of push things. Wow. So let me let me ask you this question. I think that um, we have so many different things with mobile technology, I think. And one of the guiding questions that was asked at, at, a, at a recent panel discussion where I was, and it basically says, how does how does mobile Internet technology enhance our personal and spirit, spiritual experiences, and why does it matter? You basically answered it, but you know, how, how do you see just this whole technology, you know, enhancing our personal and first of all our spiritual experiences? Well, I think the the culture we live in now is such a sharing culture. It's almost like it didn't happen if it's not tracked and shared. Um, my family is into the Fitbit craze, you know, the wearable where it tracks your steps and your activities. And my dad, he, you know, he'll go for a walk or something and then come back and he'll text us all on iMessage because, you know, we live in different states. And he'd be like, I just went for a walk and it doesn't even count because it wasn't tracked. It wasn't shared. Um, and it's just this idea that something almost doesn't happen if we don't share it. And I think there's incredible power in our spiritual life. I think... Um, when it comes to following Christ, everything that we do with Christ is meant to be shared. It really is. Like when I learn God and how he wants to, to transform my life, I'm supposed to take that and share it. Like that's my job. That's what being a disciple of Christ is all about. And so I think social media can fit right into that. And, and I know there's the whole talk about being present and things like that. And, and that's important too. But I think as pastors and, and teachers, we should encourage people to share, and sharing a status update is super easy. Um, I think that's a great way to start conversations. So, um, you know, the movie God's Not Dead, um, I don't know if you saw it or not, but at the end, they encouraged everyone to text everyone in their list. And I didn't do that, you know, but I, I could see that in sermons. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe instead of an altar call, which people may or may not want to do, say, hey, if you really believe this, then tweet this out right now and put this up on the screen. You know, add, put this on your status. I believe in Christ. I'm going to follow him or I'm changing this today or I'm doing this today. Um, encouraging people to live out loud and to share their faith. Um, I think we could really multiply it. Yeah, no, no, I totally, I totally agree. Now, I, I want to switch a little gears here and talk about apps. I know uh, one of the apps you really, I know Podium Q, you're one of the the um, developers with that, but also you really like an Adobe app you told me and my friend Joel about that I've used. I don't use it as much as you do, but talk about the Adobe app that you really enjoy using and how and how you use it in church. Yeah, one of my um, one of my former students actually. He, he's writing a book and he wanted to do like a, a little um, trailer for his book. And so he brought in his iPad. He's like, hey, can you record your voice? I like your voice. And so he showed me this Adobe voice app. And I was like, this is insane. And so I started playing with it. And it's super, super easy to make videos. I know you're a, a filmmaker and you make videos, Chip, and you know how long oh, yes. it takes to long make time. a quality video yes. with animation. It's like ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> It's almost so much that even though I have the ability to do it, I just wouldn't do it for ministry because to spend 15 hours on a, on a 30 second video, video or 30 second video yeah, yeah. for every Sunday, like there's no way, like it just doesn't. But Adobe voice allowed me to do, um, to do it really quick. There's little icons and animations, all of the media inside of it, all the, the pictures are creative commons and it automatically puts in the licensing. So you don't have to worry about breaking the law or anything like that. You could be on the up and up. One of the ways that I do it is um, uh, on our website. If you click on, you know, visit us or the visitor link, then there's a short video that describes what our church is all about, describes our culture, describes what to expect when you show up. Um, That's one of the ones I've made. Uh, One of the other ones that's really fun is with my youth group. They um, they're a rowdy bunch. Um, It's from a rougher area of our city. We pick up. Uh, a bunch of kids. I got probably 50 students in my youth group. And so I go through rules. Hey, don't touch other people or their stuff. Keep your hands to yourself. Like, um, just just good rules. We're a safe place for safe people, a respectful place for respectful people. So I got this this whole like speech that I give every week about our culture and what our youth group is. And so I made a video that kind of incorporated that. But then since it's Adobe Voice, you could put different um, audio sound bites on each slide. I went around to different kids in my youth group and had them record their voice. So nice. now this video, this video about our culture, about what we're about, about our rules and our values, is really the story is told by them. And yeah. So yeah. when I play it every Wednesday and show them, then they're like, "Shh, be quiet. Listen, this is my part." You know, it's like they're telling their friends to listen in that this is what we're about. Um, and kind of bringing them into the story process, and and I and I like it. I'm looking at your website now at the current series. This is this taping uh, with sex and money, and I see, and even on your site where you have the about and you have the CBC video, so people can see that that two minute and thirty twenty five second video and see what CBC is all about, uh, opposed to reading and, uh, something, you know. And that was what I did is I took an article that I had written about you know, kind of what to expect when you visit our church. There's already a lot of content that churches have that they've already made that could really easily, within an hour, you could take that article and translate it into a video and record a voice and post it and it's ready to go. 
Um, I think any church out there, I mean, if you're doing announcements or anything, you can mm -hmm. make a video and it's very quick and easy. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing without, uh, you know, either have to hiring somebody or going through a lot of just, you know, back and forth. So and I edit videos and I was just saying to to a friend of mine, I said, you know what? I, I like editing my own videos, but other people's I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. So it just takes forever going back and forth. But uh, now tell me the, your favorite iPad apps or your favorite apps that you use for ministry. I know Adobe Voice. I know Podium Q. Any other must have apps for any other pastors that listen to this podcast or any other techies that you would recommend? Yeah, let me think. Um, I use, I'm a huge proponent of Evernote. I use Evernote like crazy. So my sermon series, um, I'll have in there the message that I'm speaking on over the next couple of weeks. And I just pull up Evernote. And if I have an idea, I jot that down and take that with me into our, into our sermon writing session. Um, I use that. I use Keynote a lot. Um, any, any screen that we have in our church, we've got, you know, one big projection screen in the main sanctuary. And then I've got, you know, two other smaller screen like TVs in the building. One's in a conference room and one is in like a cafe. And all of those have Apple TV hooked up to them. I thought so. Uh, yeah, I, like, I was about to say, you know, it's like a hundred bucks um, for an Apple TV. It's it's a little box. Um, if you're going to do it in ministry, this is something that we learned the hard way Buy the Apple router. Um, <laughs> you so much trouble. Just get the get the two hundred dollar, you know, airport um, extreme or whatever the best one is. And and just I made a separate network. This is getting a little technical, but I made a separate wireless network just for our Apple TVs. Wow. And our and our iPads. Okay. And I use the Apple router for that. And since I've done that, I have zero problems with streaming and mirroring from my iPad. Um, it's just really seamless. And so I, I can connect from my iPad to any of the screens in the building and be able to share slides um, from Keynote on my iPad. And I use Keynote a good bit. And you use that talks. and you use that in the main sanctuary or in the the other rooms? The Apple well, TV. You have two Apple TVs or three? Um, we have three, so I use okay. it. I have one hooked up to our projector. Okay. Um, and then you know the other ones are on the TVs with a little mounting bracket, and so yeah, it's it's huge because then I don't have to worry about training someone, you know, when to switch the slide, um, and, and communicating with them ahead of time. It's great if you have production people and you can rehearse your. But when you're in a smaller church context, you don't always have time to do that because you're cleaning toilets and wiping <laughs> and, you know, saving the world. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. One mess at a time. <laughs> One so. mess at a time, yeah. But do you think that, um, have you ever used Chromecast before? Have you used that before? I have not. I'm, I'm pretty much an Apple guy. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't have a Chromecast. Um, if it doesn't, you know, work with AirPlay, then, then I usually don't use it. But I, I imagine, uh, I think Chromecast is supposed to be coming out with mirroring tools. But, you know, I don't know if there's Keynote. There's not really Keynote for um, Android. There's 
probably other similar no. stuff. I, I, I've used a, a Chromecast Ron, and it's it's good for YouTube videos. Very, very. I mean, you could use the same thing with AirPlay, but it's to me the strength is, of course, with the Google apps. I I have a Chromecast, and I used it at a church before, and it's um, the pastor had a, had an Android, so it worked really well for everything he was doing. Now he didn't show his presentation up there; he was showing videos on yeah. YouTube, and it worked, of course, flawlessly. <laughs> what is now, Android? Um, I get one more app that I use is O Player. Okay. Um, it's an iOS app, and I use it to download. Anytime I'm going to show a video, I, I don't stream it. Our internet at church isn't that great. And even if you did have decent internet, I wouldn't recommend streaming in a live production environment if you can help it. Smart. So um, I'll, I'll download the video using um, like, a, like a YouTube downloader. And um, I'll just grab the MP4 and put it on Oplayer on my iPad and then show it in that context if I'm using like a, you know, just a silly YouTube video. Nice. Or something like that, that I use with um, our youth group. And then I can just airplay it nice. without having to worry about any kind of buffering or, or anything like that. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's happened to the best of us. So Oplayer, I'll put that link in the it's two ninety nine. it looks like, on the um on the app store, I want to say it is. It's not a free yeah, app, it's right? Cheap app. It's cheap app, but it's good. But the reason I like it is because you can wirelessly transfer um, video files to it, so I don't have to have i I don't have to have um, iTunes or anything. You just um, hit the wireless button in the app and then pull up a URL on your computer. If you're on the same wireless network, just um, you punch in the IP address. It's got the address on there. You just type it in. And then you can drag the file and drop it, and it just uploads it right to the app. Nice. Yeah, because a lot of times with apps, I know it's hard to save attachments or we save videos or try to save them. Well, you can't really download them with with the app, but you, you want to play them in a, in a player or something like that. So this works yeah. well. It has a lot of good um, has a lot of good ratings here. So I will put that link in there. I've never even used that app. Any other apps you want to talk about that you think are good for ministry that you use on your iPad or on your iPhone? Um, also a worship pastor. So I'll give a, a quick plug for um, um, oh, what's it called? If I can think about it. Let's see if I can reach it here. It's um, it's an app for all of your music, your chords and everything. Oh, okay, okay. And I use it a good bit when I got to go out and about. It's called On Song. That's what it is. On Song. Okay. On Song is pretty great. So I can put all my chord sheets in there. Okay. Yep. For, oh, for iPad. For mm-hmm. iPad. And um, once you put your chords and your music in there, it'll also, through AirPlay, you can um, project lyrics on the screen. And so I, I've used that as a tool to help, um, like if I'm leading worship in a small context, just my guitar and my iPad, then I'll hand my iPad to one of the people and uh, one of the teens or something and say, hey, just tap on the lyrics when it's time. And then they tap on the lyrics and just follow along. And then it goes up on the screen. Nice, man. This is just, <laughs> that is a, that's such a cool app there. Uh, Ron. And I'm looking at it. I'll put a link there as well. So on song, O player, of course, Evernote, you version, you have to use you version. I, I mean, I don't know anybody. Yeah, I, I, I mean, everybody uses that. I know there are other Bible apps. I know there are a lot more Bible apps, but I think you version is another good one. 
And uh, so that's great, Ron. So how can people get in contact with you on your blog or on your church or your 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 website? You can um, check me out um, on Twitter, Pastor Hudson, um, at Pastor Hudson, or my website is PastorHudson.com. All right. Find everything I'm doing there. Cool, cool, cool. So what is the next thing you're going to be working on uh, after for the fall? Any any big projects you're working on this this fall coming up? Um, yeah, right now, um, I'm actually in a, at the local state theater. Um, so I'm working with, um, just theater people trying to get out in the community, build relationships with the theater community and, um, you know, work on becoming a better communicator. I think, uh, I remember when I, I was a missionary kid in Japan, I grew up in Japan, my parents were missionaries there. And I, I remember the first time I led worship I was playing guitar. I was like 15 years old. I was horrible. I could barely sing, barely make the chords right. And I was um, leading worship in English. And then um, my dad asked me if I could lead worship in the Japanese service. And when I led worship in Japanese, it was so much more difficult than doing it in English that the next Sunday when I got to go back to leading it in English, I had zero fear, um, no worry. I was just, it was like a piece of cake. Wow. And so I've, I've constantly tried to find avenues and environments just like that to put myself in. And musical theater is one of those where I, I'm totally uncomfortable out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I go into that and it pushes me. So then when I go back to my church where I know everybody and I'm on the platform and I'm speaking, it's like no big deal. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> home crowd, home cooking. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. a great, great story. And for a so, lot of people that pushes them, you know. It pushes yeah, you. You've got to push yourself, it, especially as a pastor. The the longer you're at a church, the the higher you get in seniority. There's fewer and fewer people around you telling you what to do, pushing you, saying that's not good enough. You need to try harder. And so I I have to find those avenues and areas outside of my church. And, and put myself in those situations. Well, that that is wise advice, not only for pastors, that's just for anybody who's been doing something, whether it's teaching, whether it's, you know, doing any job for 10, 15 years, because you can get kind of comfortable, right, Ron? Absolutely. So, hey, Ron, I really appreciate our talk and, um, and coming on the podcast is well, well worth it. And best wishes to you and the ministry. And, and I'm going to make it a point one day to come up to CBC family because I would love to come up and just to see what you're doing. And, and, and I got to meet you in person. It's not that far. It's like three or four hours from me. So I have no excuse. Yeah, come on up, man. <laughs> I can't wait. That'd be great. We'll hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you.